0: Greetings, Kabla! And welcome everyone to our fancast, where an adventurous rocket scientist, a Star Trek girl, and a sci-fi wingnut take an away team excursion from the Star Trek series Strange New Worlds and talk about the finale season of Star Trek Picard. We are super excited to geek out and talk about the show, so let's gear up, assume our stations, and hit it! Hello, I'm playing the part of Mr. Holm on this episode of Strange New Worlds Fancast. My name is SB. Joining me is the swiftest BB gun shot in Texas, Captain Bubbles.
1: Captain Bubbles, absolutely. Hello, guys.
0: Also joining us is a very busy man this day's (laughs) He's the head of Starfleet, the Mental Health Section 35 Commander Klinger, but we'll call him Jake.
2: Once again, relegated to the basement.
0: It's always dark
1: and gloomy where you are.
0: There's
2: been some comments on your location. (laughs) I mean, it's actually true. I am relegated to the basement. Okay.
0: Well, we watched the seventh episode of the third season of Picard called Dominion. And before we get into it, this is what we got right about it.
1: I love this part. So I had to go back and do some homework. I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? But now I understand the whole Dominion war is talking about the changelings.
2: Yes. Got it. The changelings were referred to as the founders. They were the despotic, godlike heads of the Dominion. And apparently there is a splinter faction of them that is not pleased with the fact that they surrendered.
1: So do we think Valdek is?
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> well, here's a, a thought process, is the, one of the reasons why they want Jack. They don't really want Jack. They want Picard's DNA. Yep. And considering the fact that Picard is no longer technically human.
1: Right. They can't use him.
2: Exactly. So they need, in order to get his his DNA, what they need is Jack.
1: And not everybody knows that he's not technically human anymore.
2: But Vedic mentioned it quite specifically.
1: So that makes sense, because they don't need him, because his blood is no longer the same.
0: Whatever's happening, it's in Jack's head. So I don't know how it got
2: into Jack's head.
1: Maybe Jack's not human. There still could
2: be something interesting with how jack came to be
0: those violent dreams that jack are having are freaky like when he was in the transporter room he had one and then we got out of it and then he had another one you thought you were safe and he was having another one it was like holy crap and then he turned around and left to hide again somewhere in the ship but he got found out in the hallway he needs to learn to like hide and stay in the place
1: yeah that uniform didn't help him hide plain sight at all I think something has been embedded in his DNA, some kind of weapon that they are trying to track down and don't really care about him. They want what's been given to him.
0: All right. How is Picard's body a weapon? What do they need that body for?
1: They need the DNA.
0: So Jack has determined to have Aromonic Syndrome. I can't say it correctly. It's pronounced and spelled two different ways. Anyway, it's the same disease that John Luke had and ultimately really died from when it comes down to it. So Jack has this inherited from his father as well. Maybe it has something to do with that. There's a lot of good scenes in here. I would say another great scene would be the one that we see Seven and
2: Jack in.
1: Yes, that was a great I thought that was lim- an
2: excellent scene. First of all, it was fun just seeing the all the old ships brought back. But That little emotional portion that they had together, the fact that he's kind of, I won't go so far as to say empathic, but as emotionally aware of the people around him as his father was. And the fact that you actually have a schizophrenic android, I'm finding that enjoyable as well. Don't talk to my daughter.
1: When he said don't talk to my daughter, he's like... (laughs) <laughs> well, I might continue. So, I mean, it looked pretty
0: threat to fathers of daughters everywhere. Jack everywhere. Crusher.
1: Wouldn't it be funny to watch them sitting around the, the conference table, and you have Picard and Crusher, love child in between, and then you have the Forge and his two girls on either side of him, and then Riker and Troy are going to have their their daughter somewhere there. And I mean, that could create a whole new a whole new crew of just the next generation, next generation.
0: Cindy LaForge and Jack Crusher's kid. They're going to have a love child. It's going that way.
1: Man, we got a lot right on that, didn't we?
0: We did. A lot of DNA, some android stuff, (laughs) some Jack, how he came to be stuff. Lots of stuff. Well,
2: if he freaks out LaForge's daughter anymore, they may not have the love child. Oh, that's
0: okay. He'll just use the red eyes on her.
1: Works every time, right? I loved that scene. I
2: think the term for that these days is problematic. (laughs) Toxic.
1: (laughs) I loved that scene where he's moved back and forth and, and helped her move. That was amazing.
0: I got a theory about that. We'll get to that eventually. But before we get into the episode too much, let's just go over the creative team. It was directed by Deborah. Camp Meyer, who has 14 directed credits starting in 2003, including one episode of "Discovery that was season four, episode 10, "The Galactic Barrier," and then two episodes of Picard," this episode and the next episode. It was written by Jane Meggs, who has 13 writing credits since 2008, including three episodes of "The Man Who Fell to Earth," and five episodes of Picard, including season two, episode four: "Watcher." Season 2, Episode 6, 2 of 1. Season 2, Episode 7, Monsters. Season 3, Episode 3, 17 Seconds, a fan favorite. And Season 3, Episode 7, Dominion. And of course, the showrunner is still Terry Batalis.
1: I gotta say that I still love the odd number episodes. They're the best. I think they're the best. Uh, I
0: know a lot of people will agree with you. I'm just going to throw this out there from the beginning. I didn't like it the first time I watched it.
1: No, you didn't like what? You didn't like the first episode.
0: No, I didn't like this episode. I, I, it was not one of my favorite ones. Matter of fact, in my ranking, I put it second
2: from the bottom. What rubbed you the wrong way?
0: Well, why did they think they could trap Vatic? Goo escapes everywhere. They've already done this, right? <laughs> Data and lore. You know, if you think you have a crazy Android, maybe not integrate them into the starship. Maybe put a firewall in there.
2: <laughs> you, you would think after as many times yes. as jordy has been through this, he'd figure out don't plug the psychotic Android into the starship.
1: It ruins everything. Stashwick
0: was just on the sideline the entire episode. I know he had that heroic thing where he was going down the hallway and he was shooting everything, but he wasn't in charge at all. This is his ship and he didn't do anything.
2: I still go back to, I think he's recognizing to some extent that he's out of his depth. With that said, as much as I didn't like the character, as we've talked about in the beginning, I am liking this character more and more as time is going on.
1: I did too. I didn't like him at all to begin with.
0: I like him a lot too. So this episode, I was like, come on, give me more Todd. And then what happened with the two teams out there, Riker and Deanna? What's going on with them? We saw none of them other than one of the changelings turning into them.
2: Obviously, that's trying to give you the suspense of, are they alive or aren't they?
0: And then Worf and raffi they were just mentioned. We don't see anything. I think this episode and the next episode could have been intertwined a little bit better, And even though we haven't seen the next episode yet. And then you could have cut back and forth between those three things, and it would have made it even better, but we didn't. So, yeah, that is why I didn't like this episode.
1: I did read on a tweet that Terry Batallos did that the Deanna's character plays a pivotal role in the last three episodes. So thankfully, she is going to come back more than like the 40 second intro that she had on screen.
2: And as much as it is somewhat maddening at this point, I think they're still just trying to continue to build the mystery. Obviously, it's you still have the mystery of. Who's the big bad at the end?
0: I like the fact that they finally gave us the headline of this is why the DNA and the blood are needed. They actually had to spell it out for us. We're in episode seven now, and they had to spell it out for us.
1: All right. So spell this out for me again, because I understand. I listened to what they said. The biggest question for me is when Vatic told Crusher that he wasn't even meant for you. What does that mean? I don't know what that means.
2: I can understand why they would need one or the other. What I'm still missing is, is why do they need both? Because
0: they get Picard's DNA and they get Jack's blood because Picard's dead body doesn't have any active blood in it.
1: And Picard Uh. said they needed the bio bio checklist when they want when he goes to the Frontier Days.
0: So they're going to do something at Frontier Day. I have no idea what it is yet. They want to eradicate humanity from the universe, so whatever that means,
2: right? Well, they they want to eradicate solids in general from the universe, or at least the changelings do. But I still kind of come up with the fact of whoever Vedic is communicating with, is that another changeling? I don't think so, because I think the changelings even themselves, are uh, their anger at Starfleet, which once again, I go back to isn't as up and up and as moral as we thought they were. I think their anger at Starfleet is being used against them, or being used, not necessarily against them, but they're being used.
0: The other person that I can think of that has a similar hatred of Starfleet is Corsella. So maybe it's Cella, but the visage or the face or whatever, has a male resemblance to it in voice and appearance. So maybe it's a misdirect. Could be a disguise. Yeah, could be.
1: I was surprised it brought two vag- back. Tuvac.
2: With all of the possibilities of people who have grudges against Picard and the Federation, who have been through uh, through Star Trek or at least Star Trek TNG history, I just like the mystery of who's it going to be because they can't. They've gone so far into the whole nostalgia thing; they can't create a new villain. Now
1: we have talked about the possibility of Sela coming back. Absolutely. If she's going to do it, she's going to do it soon, right? We only got three episodes left?
0: Yeah, three episodes left. She may be a last episode reveal. Maybe. We thought Lore was feeding Vatic all the information. I don't think so. That might still be, but I think rather that's because the Changelings have taken over Starfleet, like we saw with Tuvok in this episode.
1: I don't think Data is... They hurt Tuvok,
0: damn it. (laughs) Well, we don't know if they heard him, but they definitely captured him.
1: Oh, they've heard him. They've heard him.
2: I also do like the fact that they're explaining why they can't get to Janeway. I wasn't buying the fact that some of these admirals that were there, for example, like Janeway would be completely unreachable to somebody like Picard. Having them give you a reason why I liked that.
0: This was actually a cool week in geekdom and sci-fi geekdom. Because not only did you get the Tuvok reveal here, but over on Mandalorian, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but there was a big character reveal over Mandalorian as well this week on a cameo, a guest cameo from a past series. So it was pretty cool getting both of those reveals this week.
1: So why do you think, I asked you this earlier, why do you think, what does it mean when she said that he wasn't meant for you? Like when Picard and Crusher are trying to team up and play good cop, bad cop. And she's not buying it. And she's talking to Beverly. And she's, you could tell Beverly is emotional. She's hurt. And she's showing the faces of Vatican. And I loved how we finally got the backstory of how Vatic got the body that she got. I thought that was pretty cool. All the experiments that they were doing in, in the lab. But when she says that he wasn't even meant for you. Does that mean that he is a changeling or like we thought maybe he is? But if he is a changeling or any kind of part of a changeling, then why would they need Picard's blood? They could just replicate.
0: Well, let's take this one at a time. Two big subjects. First of all is Project Proteus, which is the torture that 10 changelings had to endure with Starfleet so they could create this virus. Right. And then they could also create the perfect assassins with these 10. And in the process, they were subjected to just this incredible torture torture and pain. So I understand where she's coming. I love it when stories make you understand the perspective of the villain.
1: Yeah, you definitely feel it.
2: No, no. She's got every reason to hate.
1: She said they took her family. She's going to take theirs. But why Picard's? Why crushers?
2: And once again, I, th- I think we're still waiting to find out the final motivation of whoever is controlling all of this.
1: So then another question. Yeah. Why does why can Sydney hear Jack's thoughts?
2: So
0: let's go back to your first question, which is what's going on with Jack, right? So Jack can hear in his head. He tells his dad. He kind of skips over it because he's thinking about how am I going to win versus what's going on with Jack? I don't think he realizes that's an issue. And Vadic says he was never for them. He's f- meant for something else. Ooh, okay. I don't know. One possibility, and this is just me being fantastical here, is that Sela impregnated Beverly with this amalgamation of the entire TNG crew. Now, why do I say that?
1: I don't know, but please don't say that again. Ugh.
0: Jack has this innate ability. He has this incredible ability to act, right? He's fighting well. He's empathic. He can speak to others in his head like a beta zoid could. He's got the intelligence of Picard strategically. I think Sella has taken parts of the entire TNG crew and made Jack out of it.
1: So he's a crew baby. Yes. All right, here's my theory. I just thought of this. So when she says that he wasn't meant for you, what if he's one of those assassins that was created in that lab? He hasn't changed. We don't know if he's a changeling or not. But why would she say that?
2: That still doesn't really account for telepathy.
0: And it doesn't really account for the fact that his mom has has medically checked him out. So he's got blood and he's got organs that don't degrade.
2: You know, even if you want to go back to the idea of Cella, the Romulans do and have had Picard's genetic material. That's how they made Shinzon. That's true. From Star Trek Nemesis. For ne- yeah, Nemesis. Played by the wonderful Tom Hardy who it just, just is such a terrible role for such an excellent actor. It's a bad movie.
0: Not as bad as Star Trek <laughs> Five, but it's it's not good.
1: Well, I don't know. It's gonna kill me all week long because we know from my experience. I think the next one is just gonna give us more questions because obviously it's an, an even number. You know, I, I have things with even numbers. I don't like it, but the odd ones are pretty pretty good.
2: I don't think we're gonna get a big reveal until the last episode. Yeah, we're gonna get a reveal
0: on who the villain is at the end of nine.
1: Another really cool thing that I enjoyed about this episode was the speech that Jordy gave to data. That was a really, even though he was halfway talking to Laura, halfway talking to data and he was desperately trying to save Sydney at the time, but the speech was the goodbye speech that he never got to say to data at the end of the movies.
2: Well, data was his best friend.
1: Yeah, His best friend. It made him, it made him feel like, so, I mean, he he was almost in tears and I thought that was a great way to end. Or to have closure to that particular friendship that happened through all those seasons of TNG that he never got to have.
2: One of the uh, just terrible things about Star Trek Nemesis was the only person who really honestly got to have emotion over Data's death was Picard. So showing that they're the people who really honestly did spend time with Data were affected by it too, I think was a nice little callback.
0: So we were talking last time about how Riker had been close to a lot of the crew. That includes data. And I'll give you an example. I was watching Star Trek Legacy. Yes, no, not the big new show that Terry Metalis wants to do about the continuation of the Titan. It was an episode in season four of TNG where the crew go back to Yara's home planet. And they meet her sister, who then manipulates them. But at the end data goes to see Riker and he doesn't understand the lack of emotion, but the actions that his mind is taking him through, like he's remembering her and he's conflicted about the betrayal and stuff like that. And Riker's just like, yeah, you have to trust people, but what if I get betrayed? And Riker's like, well, that's the chance you take. And data's like, I'm not going to trust anybody then. And he goes, no, that's not the way to live either. You, you got to trust somebody. So data was learning all that at that time. And that's an example of how Riker's really close to somebody is data and Riker were close enough that data didn't go to card for that. He
1: went to Riker for that. Picard was the ship. Riker was the soul.
2: That was one of the differences though. If you look at it between the television show, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, and the movies that followed, because Picard really kind of turned into that father role towards Data in the movies that followed. It's not one of my favorite things that they changed, but it also kind of once again comes back to what we're dealing with now, where they're kind of cleaning some of that stuff up.
0: Well, at least telling the story that they want to tell without George Lucasing everything. <laughs> exactly
1: yeah they'll do that leave my star trek alone
0: but they set up the goodbye speech very well because at the beginning both picard and geordie are like oh wow i don't want to do this again uh, we've already lost data and then geordie has to do it again in the same episode it's the same sort of stuff that was done in 17 seconds which doesn't surprise me because it's the same writer
2: well it what it's actually just popped into my head if you looked at what was going on on the positronic brain scan while they were fighting between, while uh, Data and Lore were fighting between the partition, it really is, they they really did show it as left brain and right brain. So you've got Data, who's the analytical side, and you have Lore, who's the emotional side, and they're worried about pulling down the partition.
1: Getting separated. I think they're
2: going to. I think they're going to finally, what you're going to have is Lore finally gets enough control from the data side, and data gets enough emotion from the lore side that you actually finally have something close to. I can see
1: that because that's something data has always wanted, but you had to always go through the ethical dilemma of killing one.
2: So I, I yeah, I, I think the partition is going to come down. I think you're going to end up with something that is an amalgamation of data and lore. That basically what you get is, is the the pieces that were broken off of one you fix the other to something that is much more human.
0: So the episode in TNG that really aligns to what happened in this episode is probably brothers. It's the season four episode in which soon dies and he recalls data to put the emotion chip into it. But Laura is there as well because he gets the recall notice and he steals the emotion chip and puts it in his head and it causes some additional problems. But data in that episode takes complete control of the enterprise same way that lore in this
2: episode is taking complete control of the Titan. Yep. Once again, you, you don't plug the psychotic Android into no. the starship.
1: <laughs> Everybody knows that. It starts with the firewalls, it starts with the virus.
2: Take all the Bluetooth out, go
0: all Battlestar Galactica.
2: Well, well hey, you know, you, you're, at, you're not going to uh, trust a firewall with Data's brain the same way you're not going to trust a uh, force field with a changeling.
1: Don't trust the toasters either. Bakard was so
0: faulted in that decision. Yes, let's capture her on board this ship. What are you that thinking, John?
1: I thought the same thing too. I mean, she's already going to be coming over with her people that are—they are changelings also. So even if you trap them in the corridors, they're still going to be. We've already seen one of the changelings go up into whatever the hallway thing. I mean, now you're going to get them loose all over all over the ship.
0: The only thing I can think of. Is this is part of a broader Jean Luc plan that they're actually going to have Wharf and Raffy come in and rescue them? Perhaps go to the Strike first and get Riker and Deanna from that, and then bring them back over to
2: the Titan.
1: Now, see that would be a brilliant plan while they're while Vatik's there,
2: or they could just steal the Titan, steal the Strike, and go yes. for it.
1: <laughs> if you have a, a skeleton crew to begin with, take you all over to the Strike, find Riker. And whoever, the, I, I still think it's fake Deanna. I don't think it's really her.
0: It could be fake Riker, too.
2: That, well, that does kind of come into a conundrum that they're going to run into when they do get Riker and Deanna back is how are they going to be sure that they got the right person?
0: Now, remember, it's not just changelings. We're dealing with the Dominion, which is where Thomas Riker was at the end.
1: Right? <laughs> oh my God. Here we go again. <laughs> Thomas Riker. <laughs>
2: No, Thomas Riker was actually captured uh, and he see the question is, is Thomas Riker even alive? Because he was in prison on Cardassia when Cardassia was just bombarded and leveled as an planetarily by the Dominion.
0: Yeah, the Dominion could have come swept up and grabbed him.
1: To your question, Jake, I think how (laughs) you're going to tell the real Deanna, like if you notice in every popular Will and Deanna episode you have, what do they call each other?
2: Mzadi.
1: Mzadi. So she said, oh Will. She didn't say it. So I I think that's nicknames that you have for each other. Maybe the changelings don't know the just like Tuvok didn't know all the questions that that Seven was asking him. He don't know all their stuff. But I think that'd be a great way because she did not say that when he when he approached the cell that she was in. That's what was really made me think that wasn't her.
2: Well, that's kind of always what he's called her, not vice versa.
1: It's I've heard her there's been times when she's called him that, hasn't there? Yes. That's her say, Come on. Don't make me doubt my track. Okay.
0: It's not as pronounced, but yes. So what's Vatic doing with all these captured Starfleet people?
2: It's a mystery. Replacing them for now. Yeah, but where are they? Are they dead? Excellent question. I, I, hmm. I, see, I would think that would be the easiest thing to do, would be just to kill them and replace them, like, you know, pod people. But that being said, they may actually... Uh, you know, maybe they need them to question them for information to be able to continue to pretend to be them.
1: They can't so they can't still be inside them, right? Walking around with them. You can't have like multiple personalities inside the body, like pot people. No. Hmm. See, I don't know about that. But you know, if you would think if you're leaving a body trail everywhere that you'd be able to find all those dead people.
2: Well, ha- no, you're actually in a time period in which when they kill something it tends to vaporize.
1: True. That's true. I mean, there's always airlocks.
2: You're not necessarily left with a dead body. Plus, as you, as you said, there are airlocks and space, as they say, is big. Just drop one off
1: here and drop one off there. Drop. You'd never find him. I don't know. I, I'm really at a loss because I enjoyed the episode. It gave a little bit more insight, which is what it's meant to do. A little bit at a time. I loved the Sydney and Jack fight scene where he was bobbing, weaving for her. And she's like, what the hell is going on? That was a cool scene. It is makes you realize more that she can, well, he can he can hear her, but she can't hear him, right?
0: No, they can hear back and forth.
1: She could hear him, really? Yep. Oh, that's right. Okay, so they can hear each other. So, who has he been listening? Maybe he's been listening. Maybe he's hearing the other Starfleet officers. Come find me.
2: Uh, well, I actually, what I was thinking was, is whether it's the big bad or the the changelings is that that's they've been trying to beckon him through whatever he's got going on. To well, see that if is they a can good thing. Yeah,
1: I I've thought about that, too. But but it very well could be come fine because it sounded like remember when we talked about it, it sounded like Beverly's voice.
0: Beverly w- it was one of the voices, according to closed captioning. Yes,
1: I tell you right now, if she ends up being a changeling, I'm going to rage quit. I can't handle her being. A, I can't. No, but that'd be just like you telling me that Lars is. A, I, no, don't well, go
2: there. If Beverly at this point is a changeling, then then that cha- that changeling is playing an incredible long game.
0: I'm pretty sure Sela has Laris right now and is holding Laris Dang as it. the final as the final lock on Picard in case she needs that trump card.
1: That is a good theory. I don't like it, but it's a good theory. I saw somebody on, on Twitter earlier talk about like the X Men. You see that comparison where there was you had Doctor, Ex- was it, Xavier, and then Rogue right beside him because Professor Beverly has-
0: Xavier and Rogue, yeah, Beverly, <laughs> is Beverly Rogue. had
1: the stripe, the gray stripe hair. That it was, was awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was uh, Although I'm surprised
0: it's taking you more than twenty minutes during this cast to get to it, but that scene where they are interrogating Vatic was incredible from Gates McFadden's standpoint.
1: I loved it. I think she did the emotion that was on her face. The good cop. I think we talked, I said it earlier before the good cop, bad cop stuff that they did. I, I love the part where they knew that she could overhear them and they were talking on purpose about how, you know what? My, my moral compass is gone. I, I think we should just kill her, right? Let's just, just, just do it. Which is what caused all the action to start with, you know, when she jumped up into the vent or whatever it was. I think the emotions on her face was excellent.
2: Uh, I think I, I went a little bit more towards Amanda Plummer on that one. F- seeing uh, the fact that Vedic is as unhinged as she is, she started out so controlled in finding out that as time is running out for whatever it is that they have planned, how she's becoming unhinged.
1: Well, she's getting pressured for someone above, right? So who could physically change her 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 molecules or whatever that is. But it means, reminds me of Plato or, or something every time I see it goop coming down.
2: The other thing is is that they also gave you a reason as to why, as changelings, they look different. That they're that bloody mess of goop versus the clear liquid that they used to be.
1: Because of the stuff that was injected into the right?
2: I would assume that's what it is, but it gave them more of that. That's how they can actually be more biological in that fashion is the fact that whatever it is that was done to them has given them more sludginess? I don't know what you want to call it.
1: Looked it looked like glass at first, or so melt to glass? Well, if you go
2: back to DS9, they had a, a very similar... It was more or less the special effects, but what they looked like was a clear, crystalline version of what you got from the T-1000 in Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. So, the what they showed you when they had them in the vials is that's what they... That's still what they started at, was that clear crystalline type liquid that the sludge that you see them turn into now is what they've become.
1: And that were all the, her brothers and sisters in those vials. Yes. But not only
2: that, they also told you that even though they'll have to accept a shorter lifespan and the more of an ability to feel physical pain, but she has the ability to pass the, her abilities on to other changelings.
1: Kind of like giving birth to another changeling.
2: I guess, but at the same time, they are a very much a different breed. And it even comes down to the special effects that they're using.
1: Got to drink the baking glue.
2: Look, making them look like that bloody sludge versus that clear crystalline material that they were before.
1: Baking goo. This reminds me.
2: Baking goo.
1: Yeah, that, that works. No, baking. Bacon, now you got me saying bacon. It reminds me of bacon. <laughs> oh, bacon goo. Yeah, the I uncooked bacon, bacon with like. When uh, Seven shot it out, it was nasty. The Seven shot it in, in the cordle and then it went up into it. It looks like bacon. Bacon. Well, it, it's
2: supposed to look like more of a sludgy biological mess versus the, as I said, the very, very clean crystal and liquid that they were before.
1: Regurgitated. Look. So, guys,
0: I think I've figured out a, a big mystery that we've been dealing with the past few episodes. It's Jack's
2: red eyes, right? Here it comes. Jack. If you say Thomas Riker...
1: (laughs) When he starts off like this, I can tell because he's not going to be serious. So go ahead.
0: You know those scenes where you had in Battlestar Galactica when they were having sex and you had the glowy red back thing going on?
1: Toaster sex, okay. Yes.
0: Yep. So that's what the red eyes are about.
1: Him having sex?
2: So he's having mental sex with her while they're fighting? Yeah. Googly eye sex. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) rapey. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think that's that goes back to being problematic.
1: That's kind of rapey, so no. Did I don't, she you know, consent to have red googly eyes? I don't think so. Did the Cylons care? No. The Cylons did not care.
0: We officially have our Cylon Battlestar Galactica Starfleet Star Trek crossover this episode.
1: It would have been pretty cool seeing some Cylons walking down the corridor of the, of the, sh- of the ship.
2: Okay, if the big bad turns out to be Palpatine, I'm really going to be upset. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't say anything about Star Wars yet.
1: Why don't you just throw some little story into it? It'll be okay. Yeah. That's all of them.
0: I will give you something, though, Shannon. You've been mentioning it the several times this season. There's this ongoing music whistle theme going on. Vatic whistled this episode. Now, it wasn't the same Pop Goes the Weasel tune, right? but it was whistling.
1: Those key, those play notes. The, the notes at the beginning of the credits or the or at the end of the credits. I don't know what it means, but I know that every time that we have an episode, I, I I understand a little bit more about the ending credits. The answers are all there. I think the clues are all there that we just don't know it when we look at it the first time. I don't
2: know. Ooh. I just came up with a mental theory as to who the big baddie could be. Yeah. I love when you do that. Go ahead. It's a long shot because they theoretically killed him at the end of at the end of DS nine. Thomas Riker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's never gonna let they go. I was I
2: was gonna say it could be Ducat, who oh. basically was burned into the what they call the paw wraiths.
1: I can't even comment on that. I don't know.
0: I don't know about that because then you'd have to go into all the big baddies that you've had, like in the Klingon empire that they've dealt with in TNG. Why would Dukat get it over like the Dumas sisters? Or
2: oh, I didn't say it made sense. Well, the, the, well, okay. Dumas uh, sisters. <laughs> well, they are, they've been blown up. Right. You know, then, then, then again, Dukat was melted into the power race, but that's neither here nor there. Right.
1: It's gotta be someone that doesn't like Starfleet, obviously that has problems with the solids. But maybe is one.
2: The only reason why I went to Ducat is because they are making him look somewhat demonic, and that's what the Power Race supposedly were, were the demonic counterparts to the prophets. Which once again goes back to the Dominion War, which once again goes back to the changelings. It would be a link. I don't think it actually at the end of the day makes that much sense.
1: He <laughs> said link.
0: My issue with any of the Voyager and DS9 storylines in this, it's not Picard. None of it's Picard. Waving. I agree. I mean that Picard's TNG in the movies. Yes, it happens in the same universe that the whole Dominion War took place in in DS9 and whatever Voyager did on its seven-year mission back. Yes, same universe. And yes, they fought similar baddies, similar threats, like the Boar. They were big out in the Delta Quarter. But Picard needs to deal with Picard enemies.
1: All right. So it's not the Romulans. No,
0: it very much could be the Romulans still. Sella. What I'm saying is it's not the Dominion.
1: It's not, uh, it's not the Dominion enemies.
2: Yeah. Well, th- th- they actually... I, I see what you're throwing down because they really have done their best to separate these changelings from the actual founders, that this is something new, that they may have started out that way. Maybe it's Odo. Oh, <laughs> I'm Odo. I'm back and I'm pissed off.
0: Unfortunately, the actor or passed away a few, or, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to do that. And just name dropping him is good enough as far as I'm concerned. And I'm glad they're doing all of these homages to these great characters that we've seen, but it needs to be meaningful for Picard.
2: And and the worst part about it is, is considering even though it was from a different timeline, there was that connection and all that. Scylla actually makes a lot of sense for being the big bad.
1: Because she and because she was a baddie for TNG. So, and she's emotionally attached to it.
2: For more than one season, she was a baddie and she was a recurring baddie for TNG.
1: She would have enough hatred towards Starfleet because of what happened to her mom. She would have enough hatred to help the changelings if she thought that there was a way to win the war. And that she has enough, I guess, I don't know what I am looking for, but there's enough that they would want to go to the, uh, what is the Founder's Day?
2: Frontier Day,
1: Frontier Day. So they haven't even explained really what that is. I mean, Frontier Day. I mean, you know, it's just a celebration. It's just a celebration. But what's supposed to happen that's going to have so many people? Because remember, Jordy was talking about how he doesn't want all the ships to be at one place.
2: Well, they're they're basically for Frontier Day, which is their kind of their version of the Fourth of July. I would guess is they've already said that basically the entire fleet is going to be back at Earth.
1: Well, th- that makes sense because on one of the commercials I saw the UC fireworks going off. I saw that.
0: This combination of Canadian Day, Fourth of July, all the good fireworks holidays.
2: But basically the entire Starfleet fleet is going to be at Earth of all places on Frontier Day.
1: But here's here's the problem that I'm coming up against. Even if you find out what VATIC is Like when she said it's not for me you know she's she obviously she's working for someone else we already know that but if the changelings have infiltrated starfleet how would you eradicate
2: well that they've already told you that there is some limit to them there's only 10 of them
1: well and beverly did come up with she hinted about early about coming up with the the new bioweapon
2: a new bioweb, and they, all, and they also found out a way to actually track them at this point. Well, they actually, not only that, that answers whether or not they're going to know if right. Will and Deanna are Will and Deanna. But all this really comes down to, I mean, the 10 of them have all the motivation in the world. They hate Starfleet for what Starfleet did to them. But then, and the other thing that comes down to is, once again, there's only 10 of them. Now, it only took takes one or two to be in enough places and enough times to just mess everything up
1: and that's what i was going to say how even if you find out what vatic's turned to even if you found out who she's working for how are you going to eradicate all of the changelings that's been spread out all over starfleet
2: and there's only Once 10 then, there's only 10 and you can track them
1: okay so what beverly had created it was a way to that answers that question completely then
2: but they've got enough distrust and enough rigmarole going on in the background at this point that it's not like Picard can just show up and say, hey, look, changelings. No one's going to believe him. They're, well, they're going to be- mention
1: he's still a fugitive.
2: Exactly. So it's, they're still stuck on the outside. They still can't just show up and go, hey, let me explain.
1: I think Deanna will come in there. Because if Riker's captured and everyone else, everyone else is on the run and being a fugitive, the only one that's not on the run captured or captured right not because i told you i don't think she's at the only one that's not on the run captured or a criminal at the moment would be deanna
0: yeah so she's going to go into hangar 12 get the enterprise d out and then crash it again yeah come on
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you gotta
1: give her some credit let it get let it get past it she crashed it you know just three times it's okay twice twice
2: she's going to grab just the leftover saucer section look at jordi's daughter and go watch this <laughs>
1: I hope she doesn't crash it again. That would just be bad. Or grab Sydney, and then
0: one of them takes the D, one of them takes the E, and they crash them both. Poor Sydney. (laughs) Poor Jordy.
1: I can't wait to see Jordy's face at the end of this when he realizes that they have become closer in his absence. You should have transported her just a little bit closer. I think Jack, I, I don't know. It's like Jack is waiting to explode. He understands what's happening. To him, he—I he, mean, he doesn't know what it is, but something's happening, and he's trying to reach out. And he's told his mom about it. He's told Picard about it. He's willing to sacrifice himself to give them me because Riker's got a wife and a child. He has still has moral thoughts there.
0: Don't worry about Jack. There are many copies.
1: Are there? I mean, do you think there are? It's, he's a
0: Cylon, right?
1: <laughs> he's a Kira at the end, right? He's—he's an, he's an angel. That's what it is. He's an angel.
2: Oh, God, please. No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you said Cylon, and that's what the big reveal at the end of P- uh, BF, right?
2: Yeah. BSG. BSG. Yeah. He, oh, oh no, 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 no. I got it. He's Q reborn.
1: <gasps>
2: That'd be kind of cool.
1: That'd be kind of cool.
2: Hey, I'd buy it just to have John Delancey back. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, so would that cheapen that last scene, if actually it
1: would, it would. Yeah. Well, let's let Q go the way he is, because he went out pretty good. Just
0: like Ro's sacrifice, I think, wouldn't mean as much if they actually brought her back. So,
1: You know, what's funny is that I was so excited when, when Ro popped up in the screen. I'm like, yes! And then Tuvok, I'm like, yeah, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, but Harry Kim. Tuvok was never as exciting of a character as Ro was.
1: No, he's dry. He's Vulcan.
2: But he
0: has been in so much Trek, <laughs> the actor.
2: With that said, though, even though he, you say he's dry, he's a Vulcan. I mean, how, how much Vulcan love do we have on Strange New Worlds? A lot, exactly. <laughs> I actually, I, right now, I'm just watching Captain Bubbles there get reminiscent. <laughs> you could yeah. just see some thoughts going through her mind. To praying, <laughs> hmm. to praying. Yeah.
0: So I, I've got a couple of things, uh, a cleanup items I have to do from the last episode. First of all. I mentioned that there was a cloaking device in the Defiant. I have since learned that there was a cloaking device in the first Defiant, but they did not put a cloaking device in the second Defiant after the first one blew up. So there was no cloaking.
2: I
1: did not know that.
0: Yeah, there's no cloaking device. So the only cloaking device in the Starfleet Museum was in the Bird of Prey.
1: Was in the Klingon, okay. And then the other thing
0: is I mentioned that the Enterprise A was a renamed Yorktown. And I didn't remember where that came from. It took some talks with a friend of mine, but we finally figured out where that came from. I had a model kit of the Enterprise A at one point in time. I think it was Ertler or something. Anyway, on the description on the side of the model kit, which I went looking for, and I think I threw it away a couple of years ago, was the fact that it was a renamed USS Yorktown. So I don't know if that's canon or not, but that's what that came from was the model kit.
2: It actually probably makes a little bit of sense because there was a callback to that then in the Chris Pine universe, considering the fact that where their Enterprise A was destroyed in uh, Star Trek Beyond was right outside of the space station, Yorktown.
1: Yorktown. Yeah. Chris Pine. I could dream me again. Okay.
0: And the other thing that we haven't talked about this week, but there was a major announcement that there is going to be a new Star Trek series. It's Star Trek Starfleet Academy. This is Tilly's series. So we are a thousand years into the future.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is Tilly's going to be in it.
0: It's Tilly's running Starfleet Academy.
1: Hmm. Well, Well, plus the
2: whole idea at that point in time is to rebuild Starfleet Academy.
0: Yeah, I have no interest in watching any more of that universe a thousand years in the future. I don't care if it's Tilly or somebody else. I just don't have the desire to.
1: Well, we also haven't discussed or mentioned that yay, Star Strange New Worlds not only is coming back for second season, but has already been renewed for third season.
0: And you guys have a publishing date, a premiere date for June Strange New Worlds. Yeah. 11th? I think it's June 11th. So just a couple of months away.
2: And hey, Lower Decks coming back, too. Yeah. And actually, I'm happy to find out that though Boimler and Marin are going to show up in a strange new worlds, they are going to have their voice actors play them versus Roger Rabbit in them, which I am actually as goofy as it sounded originally and was kind of almost like this could work. I'm happy to see that they're not going that way. But
0: I think what they're going to do is they're going to start off cartoonish and then they're going to transition. I think. That I can handle, though. Yeah. So not Roger Rabbit. Like, they show up in a different universe as cartoons, but they start off in their cartoon universe and transfer
1: Maybe get transported and materialized as a human body?
0: Yep. I mean, to them, it's, I hope they're going to play it off as it's no difference. It's like, these are the characters that they were playing in Lower Decks. Like,
2: they just now live action versus cartoon.
1: Like, just walk in and continue on, like, if you had,
2: like, have noticed anything. Well, I mean, the one thing that, that, that it will be is time travel, if nothing else, somewhere along the line, because Lower Decks is, takes place when uh, Riker is still in command of the Titan, whereas, obviously, Strange New Worlds takes place before the original series.
0: As much as you've watched Lower Decks, do you believe the Cerritos crew can erroneously find themselves in a time travel paradox?
2: Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. <laughs> The question is, the only question is, is what piece of the ship did, did Boimler trip over in order to make it accidentally happen?
1: Well, guys, so many questions for this episode. Yeah. This brings more questions. I can't wait for next week.
2: I think that is the, the one thing that I'm finding somewhat unsatisfying about this episode. And it's not the fact that it was a bad episode or the fact that it actually was a good episode. But for all the things, for all the resolution it gave you, it just gave you so much more mystery that when it finally, when when she, you know, proclaimed herself captain of the Titan, and it just faded off to credits, so it was kind of like no, 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 we cannot end there.
1: I like that we get reveal of what she came from, how she got came to that body. You, I like the backstory of Attic. I loved the. Jordy and Data talks that they got to have he just got way more questions now about Jack but I think we're getting closer and we're all on the right track about the DNA and I also now we know that there's a cure that they can track them I don't know why Jack can automatically talk in their heads and and, and is Sydney the only one that can hear him because don't you think the car would have said something by now or his mom
2: well I don't think he's trying yeah, he hasn't tried to do that yet.
1: And, you know, I, I think, start by kind of what you were talking about earlier about taking the DNA from each one of the crews of the TG, what if he's now can read the thoughts just like Deanna did? And maybe that's how he figures but out.
2: But see, Deanna's not a telepath. She's only an empath because she's only half Betazoid.
1: Right. But she can still hear someone's thoughts.
2: No. She can feel oh, someone's she felt
1: emotions. It. That's right. She felt it.
0: Well, no, the Betazoids can talk back and forth with each other.
2: Yeah, but she's only half Betazoid. Right. So she's just an empath. Yes. A very strong empath, but an well, empath.
0: Unless you're talking to somebody that had, you don't know who Geordi hooked up with. It could have been a Betazoid. <laughs> very true.
2: <laughs> sure. You haven't seen the mama. I do like the whole call your mom and tell
0: her we're going to be late for dinner. Yeah, not anymore. Not gonna show up for dinner. So, Shaw at this point in time, you know, a couple episodes ago, he said, Oh, you boys hot dropped the saucer section of the Enterprise DNA planet, threw the prime directive out of the window so they could snog a villager on Baku and nearly wiped out all humanity by creating a time paradox in the Devron system. Now he's part of getting into a exploding space whale breeding ground nebula, having his ship taken over by a changeling and almost getting killed twice in the process.
2: Well, part of the whole end credits is his performance review.
1: (laughs) It is redacted. A lot of it's redacted, right? So he should have kept, he should have let Picard keep in charge. That's what I'm saying.
0: So anyway, yeah, he's now not got any grounds to stand on.
1: He's part of the problem.
0: He was looking Todd Stashwick. He was looking so So bloody and so beat up and everything. I mean, uh, that was fun. All right. Uh, So I would rate this because of the issues that I had with it that we discussed at the beginning, six out of seven of the episodes where one is the best, seven is the worst. So six out of seven. Jake, you like it because it continues the story. I would agree with you there. I can't wait to see the next episode. Shannon, how would you rate the episode?
1: I think I'd read it in the middle. Again, I like the odd episodes, the odd number episodes. I think those are the most revealing so far. I like, I like the the, the emotion between Crusher and Ricard when they were interrogating her. So I would probably rate it a five. All right. Wait a minute. Seven being bad or seven being good?
0: Well, for me, seven's bad. So you'd I be didn't. like two I'm more or
1: toward something towards four.
2: Four. Okay. All right. Well that's it for this week do we have a title for next week's episode we do
0: i was just going to get to that season three episode eight is called surrender i do not have a synopsis yet but i think the title says it all surrender
1: but who's
0: going to surrender yeah so you still have crew that's running around there you know you got jordy and data slash lore in whatever lab that they're in you've got jack running around with sydney I assume you have a couple more crew members because they showed the map. The crew was all separated throughout the entire ship, right? So some interesting things can happen aboard the Titan.
1: You got Rogan Xavier.
0: You got Worf and Raffy still Not
2: out there. That, but, but if uh, they brought enough of the crew from the Shrike over to the, uh, the Titan, you know, you, you may get a Riker takeover of the Shrike. Or a Thomas takeover of the Shrike. <laughs>
1: All right, guys.
0: You opened the door to that earlier. I I wanted to keep it open the entire thing. Okay. So if you have the listener, if you have any theories, we are open to hearing them. We loved the rogue Professor Xavier thing. So if you have anything along those lines or anything at all, please let us know. You can tweet Shannon at her Twitter account at Trek underscore worlds. You can email me, Stargate Pioneer at Gunnageek.com. That's G O N N A G E E K.com. And let us know what your theories are. In the meantime, as
1: Captain Pike said, I'm all ears.
0: He also said, hit it. So, hit it. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.
1: (laughs) You almost missed it.
0: (laughs) Almost. This has been an episode of the Strange New Worlds Fancast P3 Edition. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, you can find us at strangenewworlds.podbean.com for more podcasts on Strange New Worlds and the Picard final season. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up via email at fancast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Trek underscore worlds. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking us out at lonewolfpodcasts.com. Once again, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.
1: I got a house full of girls. Right now, Sean, because I'm doing this with y'all. Sean is at the school dance with Carrie <laughs> and one of Carrie's little friends.
0: There he is. She's
1: so, doing home so quick.
0: Uh, gyms when you're dancing are very hot, very stinky,
1: and uh, tell show him what you're grabbing. Are you going to take that to the? <laughs> no. <laughs> you left him there. No. no. We're back. Oh, why I is back a, so early? I got them a slushie because gyms are hot and they dance for 45 minutes. They were done. Okay. They were done. Well, then now
0: they said, can we go start our sleepover now? I said, fine. Do you want slushies? And they said, yes. So we got slushies and we came home and now I'm going to terrorize them. <laughs> I'll figure. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: There's Paquela.
0: Hey, Kayla. Yeah. You want to join the podcast?
1: He's asking if you want to join the podcast. She doesn't know anything about Star Wars. Star- no, but I can try. Oh, my God. I don't know how to set anything up for you. This Come is only Mike. On. Can I join? Today? What? Starfire is asking if she wants to join. Be- she knows nothing about Star She would
0: have had to have watched the episode. She hasn't. Okay, then
1: she can't join. Never mind. He says you have to watch the episode. You have to watch the episode. Sure. There are three episodes left. There are three episodes left. If you watch one, you have to watch one. I Everything mean, would get really good criticism because I don't like that. Show. Well, if you don't like the show, then you're not getting good credits with me. But, so they not. I can I could bring in the funness because on my cast I bring the funness with my backup dancers. But you also watch
0: the movie.
1: He says, but you also watch you watch a movie before you come and do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't do this so, so that you come watch in the with show. My backup dancers and be like. <laughs> He's talking about the backup dancers.
0: No, no, I'm not your backup dancer.
1: He says he's he's (laughs) (laughs) he says he's not the backup dancer. So no, not today. You got to put the time in if you want to do it. You got to watch the Star Trek. Bye. It's not nice. I'll get over it. (laughs) I normally do. You know they're keeping me in the warehouse, so. It could be fun. yeah. wish it was Warehouse 13. But anyways, can we a dream. Yeah, that's
0: come up, too. Like, we missed that, by the way. The whole Daystrom Institute station or whatever they got there, that's basically Warehouse 31. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you guys want to do Lower Decks, I would encourage you to go ahead and go do it. I haven't even watched that show. You should. It's fun.
1: I think There's I'll enough- watch. See, I'm very... I love my Star Trek. And I'm not really into the comic, like the cartoon. So like, like if it reminds me anything of like family guy, I'm not going to do it. I'm not that kind of person.
0: Once you see them on Strange New Worlds, you're going to want to
2: go back and watch them.
1: Well, I probably will. I will then at the moment. Let,
2: let's put it this way. Captain Shaw, as you saw him when we first started this series, would have made a perfect lower decks captain. He would have. Or an admiral. <laughs> yes, because that's kind of what you're dealing with in Lower Decks, because you're not you're not dealing with one of the large, special, awesome starships. It's just one of the little ones that their speciality isn't first contact, it's second contact. It's who comes back to clean up the mess and just kind of deal with the logistical stuff. They don't do anything special until they trip over something.
0: Energize.